everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And guys, I have some bad news. Uh, I found out that Kyle Krieger's dad listens to this show, so I don't think we're allowed to say anything bad about him anymore. Well, as long as he doesn't see my phone history. <laughs> What's on your phone history? Anyway. None of your fucking business, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that's for that's for him to know and for Kyle Krieger's dad to not find out apparently. Um, apparently. <laughs> through my window. <laughs> um yeah, Nathan, I I hear you got to meet some of the baseball parents this week in Norfolk, but I guess we can talk about that uh when we get to those games, right? Yeah. We'll uh, tease that a little bit and first go to the Little Rock game that I don't Ooh. imagine we'll talk about very long because of uh how one-sided it was wait what do you mean uh, i thought we won 10 to nothing yeah that's what we mean by one-sided last week okay. we beat the trojans 10 to nothing in rustin and then this past week on what was it wednesday night we traveled to little rock and after that 10 to 0 dismantling of the trojans a week ago expectations were pretty high and steel netterville almost single-handedly delivered on those expectations early in this road game in little rock tech jumped out to a four to nothing lead by the middle of the fifth thanks to an RBI single in the third by Netterville that moved Matulia to third, setting up a wild pitch that stored Matulia. And then in the fifth, still Netterville doubled in another run and then scored the fourth run of that 4-0 run himself on a Corona sack fly. So still Netterville was just all over the bases uh, and really was the reason why Tech jumped out to that 4 to nothing lead. But Greg Martinez, who had only allowed one hit through those first four innings, fell apart in the bottom of the fifth. He got a strikeout and then a walk, a single, a single, a single, a walk, a pop-up, thank God, but then a single and a bases-loaded home run to Little Rock. So after allowing seven in an inning, Mm. Burroughs finally heads out to go get his pitcher. And then Jarrett Worf enters the game and it only takes three pitches before he gets the ground ball to end it. Wow. Uh, We'll jump back to that in a second. But next half inning, the dogs tie the game back as, guess who? Steel Netterville hits a three-run shot to make it seven all the score stays there until the eighth when a hit by pitch and subsequent rbi double by little rock break the tie and they go up by one going into the ninth inning three outs left the bulldogs just need that one run to tie george corona strikes out swinging Darius myers flies out to left it's all down to kyle hassler draws a full count fouls off a couple more pitches then lines out to center that's ball game. Bulldogs fall in Little Rock to Little Rock, eight to seven. Yeah, well, we could have used some Trojans for this the protection that the onslaught. Hey, but, yeah, uh, I thought we got our condom jokes out last week, but <laughs> no, I, I don't think I was there last week. My ass was hurting from not um, having a Trojan. So now <laughs> I don't think that helps your ass. <laughs> Speaking of, um, no, never mind. There's no transition out of that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Speaking of Oz, Steel Neville had an Oz amazing stat line. Oh my Jesus uh, Christ, no, Nathan! Uh, uh, Speaking of Oz, there's uh, a regular wizard out there. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good, actually. I'll give, you, one, yeah. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, let me just read the scoring summary here. I'll just read peek behind Louis the curtain a little text. bit. No, I'll just, <laughs> Jesus, stop. <laughs> I'll just read Louisiana Tech's scoring summary here. Uh, third inning, Steel Netterville singles to center field. Third inning, Steel Netterville advances. Uh, fifth inning, Steel Netterville doubles to center field. Uh, sixth inning, Steel, Steel Netterville homers three RBIs to left field. Uh, so four of the five 
uh, tech scoring plays involve Steel Netterville as the first mentioned uh, player. So yeah, five RBIs in total for him on the night. Went three of four from the plate, so he was called out once. How, how dare he? Had a double, a home run, a single, and a walk. Uh, so just a triple shy of the cycle, including the walk. I don't know what that would be, a super cycle? I don't know. But just the entire offense was Steel Netterville. I mean, other players contributed to an extent, but this wouldn't be a one-run loss without Netterville. So I guess we can blame him for not getting a hit in that one out that he caused. Yeah, fuck you. Wow. Not <laughs> take from Matt. Yeah, uh, speaking of throwing uh, someone under the bus, Jarrett Worf gets credited for the loss. Uh, What? Yeah, to go over this, (laughs) Greg Martinez pitched four and two-thirds, gave up seven runs. Jarrett Worf pitched three and a third and gave up one run. And Jarrett Worf gets credited for the loss because he was the pitcher of record when Tech fell behind in the eighth inning. I just recently learned that rule about in baseball, about what determines wins and losses. Yeah, this is why I've been rallying against wins and losses this whole year. I mean, Worf is a reliever at this point in the season, so wins and losses matter even less when you're looking at how a reliever does. But the fact that Greg Martinez is allowed to give up seven runs and doesn't get credited for the loss in the game that Tech loses is why I really don't like this stat. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the the play-by-play in the bottom of the fifth, which is when... uh... When Martinez did not do so well, <laughs> you know, he gets a strikeout to start the inning. Okay. Looking good. Then walks a guy on a, on a full count with multiple foul balls on, uh, on that full count. So that's not too bad. Uh, single, single, single walk gets a pop-up out single home run. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this so far this season. I mean, I would love to see, you know, you walk a guy on a full count. Okay, that happens. Three singles in a row. Okay, you have somebody warming up. Another walk. Four straight balls. I mean, maybe you start telling uh, Martinez to uh, to take his time a little bit. You know, start wasting time. Get get Harland ready in the dugout or, or or in the bullpen. I mean, or whoever you're bringing out. Right, Wharf in this case. Uh, but now you let him keep going. Three more batters, and lo and behold, a grand slam. <laughs> Or a, a three-run home run. Sorry, it might, might as well be. Uh, Make seven to four after you were up four nothing going into the inning. Uh, yeah, and, and it happened quickly. Martinez was dealing up until that inning, and so in previous weeks we've said similar things where a tech starting pitcher was doing very well until they weren't, and then by the time you get the reliever up in the bullpen and everyone warmed up, then it's too late. But at this point, I think that we needed to expect this. I mean, Ryan Jennings does it later over the course of this weekend where they're doing great until they're not. And at some point, maybe halfway through the second time through the order, we just need to start putting someone in the pen to at least start loosening up, uh, figure out some sort of routine uh, for people coming out of the bullpen to start to get warm in a way that they can quickly get warm. And it doesn't take seven runs before you're able to get a pitcher in the game. Well, if you can think that, why can't Lane fucking Burroughs think that? That's what the message boards are saying. So, I mean, yeah, I don't want I mean, to throw Lane under Nathan, the bus either. Nathan for manager? Yeah. My plan is to write something on the blog for about this this week uh, and actually look into this a little deeper and see what, what all's going in here. But from the outside looking in, it's a Lane Burroughs doesn't remove his pitcher until it's too late. It always feels like it's after a home run. Uh, Once the bases are empty, that's when the starting pitcher comes out. And at that point, the the damage is done. I almost feel I would rather keep Martinez in after he gives up the home run than 
then put in the the substitute right then. If you're if you're going to wait that long anyway, might as well wait a little bit longer and let them redeem themselves a little bit. But I well, mean, yeah, I mean, what's the thinking? This is armchair there? quarterback to an to an extreme by us armchair but, manager. But what's the thinking there? Are you gonna like if Martinez gets the strikeout or gets the final out? Are you just? I guess there were two outs, so you're saying like just Martinez get, get that final out, and then if we'll you trust him with the bases in. loaded or two guys on base. With two outs, why don't you trust him with a clean base paths and yeah. two outs? I mean, the home run changes things, but, but at, at the same point, time, my, my argument is more about removing him earlier, not later. But if you're going right. to, I just don't understand why that particular point in space and yeah. time That's and fair. whatever is why is when you remove yeah, him. I was going for more of a Doctor Who thing, but I'll I'll take it. Uh, Doctor what? No, that's the the wrong wrong question mark. Yeah, well, Doctor. I almost said who, which is the actual name of the show. I'm already who's out on, of question words. Who's on first? Doctor Who is on first. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's a really old album in Costello bit. Uh, yeah. Fuck you. So, uh, <laughs> um, so what I'm hearing is, Lane, I mean, but you say that this has been a trend all season. I mean, was it their last season? Last season, we didn't rely on our pitching as much. I think is the biggest difference between last year and this uh, year. So last this year, a- it, it, we went down by three runs. We give up seven runs. We just score seven or eight more the next inning. Mm. Um, we we have to rely on our pitching. And at least in my opinion, anecdotally, without having jumped into numbers and stuff like that yet, which I hope to do over the course of this week, I, I'm not liking the decisions made by our skipper. Mm. At least in that area. Yeah. But we have at the same uh, time, I'm saying this from my, my bed or I guess my office. I'm not yeah. saying this from the dugout of a baseball park where I'm trying to make those decisions as they happen. So I don't want to be too hard on him either. Cause I mean, that's not an easy call to make either way, but well, right. And at the end of the day, we're, t- we're talking about a, we're talking about a team that's, you know, 30 and 15 and 40th in the nation in RPI yeah. right now. So like, it's, well, it's you know, if we can nitpick, too. but you know, uh, we had, we had high expectations going into this year and, you know, it seems like with a few tweaks, some of those expectations would be closer to being met, you know, like a few tweaks, like maybe, maybe pull the starting pitcher before he gives up seven runs in one inning, um, uh, which shouldn't be that big of an ask. But I mean, this uh, Little Rock game was not the only game we played, right? We've got three more games here to get through. And honestly, I was kind of feeling a little pessimistic. You know, Old Dominion's really good. I think last week I projected we'd go two and two with two losses to ODU. So then to lose that Little Rock game to start things out, I was kind of like, man, we there's a real chance we might go 0-4 this week, um, judging by how ODU went last year. But what happened, uh, Nathan, you were there Friday and Saturday, correct? Yes, drove down Friday morning and afternoon, uh, took an extra hour. Normal normal Virginia. Normal Uh, Virginia, East Virginia. (laughs) Yeah, there was some sort of incident at the the tunnel that leads into Norfolk. So we had to go around and in. So that was fun, but that wasn't the angriest I'd get that night because this game did not go too well. Uh, we talked last week about how old dominions Friday night starter, Blake Morgan. Uh, we mentioned he has a 0.70 ERA going into this game. Uh, now it's down to 0.59 after only giving up three hits and no runs over seven innings in the uh. series opener. That's not going to get it done. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Ken Gibson, meanwhile, allowed four runs over his seven innings pitched, including two long balls that left the stadium. That was another thing we talked about last week was how good Old Dominion is at hitting home runs. And so long story short, 
I'm going to skip through this one a little quicker because the other two games are more exciting. The Bulldogs get blanked in the opener five to nothing. Nice. Yeah. The second game, though, was a lot better. I, <laughs> yeah. I actually got to watch this one. Uh, we were dealing with uh, a homeowner's emergency on Wednesday and Friday and all weekend. But Saturday, I got to watch some of the game. Uh, but Nathan, you were there again and yeah. uh, and got to meet some of the players' families, I think. Yeah, so they were there Friday as well. But uh, Saturday, though, uh, got to the ballpark a little bit early, saw the parents, said hi. I was like, hey, I think you follow us on, on Twitter uh, to Terry Netterville, still Netterville's mom. And uh, she fr- freaked out, told all the other parents. All the other parents started coming over and saying hi. That's when I learned that Kyle Kruger's dad listened to the podcast, uh, stuff like that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, to do handed out the few stickers that I did have with me. But what I enjoyed about Saturday's game specifically was that Old Dominion does not have the biggest ballpark. It kind of feels like a high school baseball stadium, Um, maybe a little bit better, but definitely not J.C. Love Field, even the old J.C. Love Field uh, level. And so it was quiet Friday, even though they were winning five nothing outside of the second home run. It never really got all that loud inside the stadium. Saturday, though, Alongside the band parents, George Corona's mom was doing a fun Let's Go Bulldogs, Let's Go chant every time anything good, anything slightly good happened. Um, it felt like we were the home team for most of it. And I, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit here, but our energy allowed Tech to start the scoring early in game two. As four of the first five Bulldogs in order reached base, uh, leading to a three to nothing lead after a single half inning in this one. The Bulldogs added another in the third after a throwing error allows Cole McConnell to score. Then, in a similar situation to Wednesday, the Tech starter... I gave myself too many S's in this sentence. The Tech starter suddenly starts to struggle. I wrote this line, and why did I do that to myself? Tech starter suddenly starts to struggle. And that's a lot of stuff. Unsurprisingly... On Saturday, Uh, after giving up just one hit over the first five, Ryan Jennings suddenly can't find the zone. A five pitch walk, uh, a merciful pop up, then a single, a three to nothing count turns into another single. And now the bases are loaded. He's able to get Gagliardi, the no to you batter, down one and two. After two foul balls, Gagliardi smashes S words again. Gagliardi smashes one over the right field fence. And suddenly it's a tie game. You give up the home run. You leave the game. Apparently Ryan Jennings leaves. Ryan Harland enters. We're still able to do our let's go Ryan chance from the sideline. Uh, but we mentioned last week he gave up his first earned run since his Bulldog debut last week. He gave up another here on a solo homer, then got the two needed outs. But the Monarchs are now on top five to four after it was four to nothing entering this inning. The Monarchs are on top. Nice. Yeah, but I guess we wanted to overthrow a system of government because in the eighth, Noah Dean enters the game to pitch for Old Dominion, and he hits Logan McLeod with the first pitch. He is able to strike out Kyle Hassler, but then walks Thaxton Birch on four pitches, bringing up Taylor Young, who, being Taylor Young, doubles to left field, scoring two runs, and now the dogs are on top six to five. But we're not done yet. Matulia walks. Netterville reaches on a fielder's choice, so Matulia is out now. But a two RBI Cole McConnell double clears the bases, followed by a moonshot home run by George Corona, and suddenly it's ten to five. Good guys. Uh, still six outs to get though, but 
Although Kyle Krieger, whose parents were also there, allows two base two base runners in both the eighth and the ninth innings, neither time were those runners able to cross the plate, and Tech holds on to win ten to five. Yeah, so I mean, seemed like a fun game to be at, and you know, looking up and down the stat sheet here, there's thirteen hits for Tech, and you know, Taylor Young leading things off, going three for four with two RBIs, uh, Netterville two for five or one for five, but two RBIs. Cole McConnell, two for four. George Corona, three for five with that huge home run. I mean, go off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, please. like Thaxton Birch, though, was the one I wanted to call out here. Uh, he kind of came in. I think he started this game, maybe. And he, he moved did. around a little bit in the field. But my guy went three for four. In yeah, I believe Friday was his first start of the season. Yeah. And he has so three he hits on Saturday. A little bit of second base, a little, uh, little bit of left field. But yeah, uh, I believe his career high, you know, definitely season high, three hits in one game. He had a double and uh, and yeah, I mean, great stuff from him. Great stuff from the whole team on Saturday. Yeah, he did. He was able to score one run on the night. Uh, he's a freshman, by the way. True freshman, I believe. Born in 2002. Wow, I'm suddenly feeling old. But uh, he could have had a second run because and something I thought Ooh. that would matter when Old Dominion was up by one run in this was the previous inning before they hit that home run off of Ryan Harlan and before Ryan Jennings fell apart. He was sent home. I think he got under the tag. Replay shows, I think he got under the tag. It's not super conclusive, uh, but he was called out at the plate, which ended up not mattering much in this game because Tech won again 10-5. to But that... I was really rooting for him in this game, and to come up that short kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, he... he I thought he got under the tag too, but it was a really bang bang play. And of course, there's no replay um, in Conference USA baseball. Also, why can Old Dominion have such a high quality broadcast? And I'm sitting here Money. looking at us being up six to five on ULM in the middle of the eighth inning on a freaking potato camera that only <laughs> shows the whole field a, from behind a the TI, net. A TI 84. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, this is an 83. This isn't even an 84. I don't know. It's a I Casio. Mean, endowment's not the right thing to compare here, but just to be overly general, Tex Endowment is $118 million. Old Dominions is $266 million. They have double the amount of money that we have. You should see my endowment. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that what's in your internet history? <laughs> But my own endowment. God, I <laughs> hope not. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, like we said, great stuff from the Bulldogs on Saturday. And Nathan, to uh, to alleviate your talking, and so you don't have to say any more s's. Uh, the Sunday game, uh, the Bulldog offense kept rolling in the rubber match, scoring eight runs in the first four innings, including five in the third, where all nine dogs got to the plate. Uh, the bats quickly cooled off, though, as Old Dominion's reliever Sam Armstrong finally found the groove. Jonathan Fincher allowed two solo homers through four innings, but that was good enough to keep the Monarchs out of it. At, but after giving up two singles to start the fifth, Burroughs turns to Landon Tompkins. Uh, so I guess he can pull pitchers without them giving up a home run? I don't know. Yeah. He uh, learned his lesson, maybe? <laughs> maybe. He'll he'll forget. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> uh, th- three pitches later, Tompkins got the inning-ending double play to end the threat there in the fifth. Uh, Tanner Knight pitched 
well in the seventh, but gave up a homer, then a double and a double to start the eighth. So Kyle Krieger came in probably a little bit earlier than we hoped, uh, but got the three outs. Tech was up eight to four and just needed three outs before they gave up four runs, you know, either either or. And uh, with the top of the order up, Kyle Krieger gives up a double, then a strikeout, then another strikeout, but then a five-pitch walk and another five-pitch walk. So the bases are loaded with the tying run at the plate. And y'all, we haven't talked about this really, but Old Dominion can smash the fucking baseball. They have like three of the top 10 home run hitters in the nation in the, on their roster. And luckily, but, none of them are at the plate. Yeah, luckily, I mentioned the top of the order at the beginning of this inning. So Kenny Lavari, not one of those uh, home run hitting dudes. He's probably had a few, uh, but he grounds out to second to end the game. And, you know, Tech kept it interesting, but ends up with the series win, taking game three, eight to four. Lavari has two home runs so far this year. Well, Meanwhile, Matt Kootenay three. has 22 who yeah. leads the team. Uh, uh, yeah. Andy Gariola has 19. Carter Trice has 16. And Robbie Petrosi has 10. Robbie uh, Petrosity? Petrosi. Oh, Robbie Petrosi. Yeah, that's a fun one to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so Tech wins the series two games to one, goes two and two on the week, like Evan said, but not the way that he thought. Yeah. Uh, but really, there's no shame in being shut out Friday, I don't think. Uh, I, I mentioned their pitcher's ERA earlier in the show, but he hasn't allowed an earned run in a month. Uh, also kind of goes with the whole less than one ERA. Uh, but after that game, I uh, heard this on the radio because I was listening to the Sunday game driving back from Norfolk. Uh, there was a players only meeting Friday night. All the players met up without the coaches there, kind of talked about what they needed to do. This happens in the MLB all the time when a team's not doing very well. They say, hey, look, we need to fix things. And they kind of have this this meeting without the coaches present to go over that kind of stuff. And maybe that's what worked. Maybe it was just not having to face uh, this Morgan guy again. Uh, but those two wins to win the series, that that's really not nothing. Old Dominion's a good team. And to beat them two games to one in their own place is pretty incredible for a team that has not looked great. They've been good, but not great this year. Uh, yeah, so one other thing I want to talk about in this series, looking back on it, and we've talked about it a few times already, and that's Kyle Krigger. He got the job done both Saturday and Sunday, uh, but I feel like I'm, I'm I'm watching like an explosion in slow motion. Michael Bay. Kyle Krigger is pitching in a way that he, he loads the bases, Sunday, the tying run comes to the plate. It's not even a safe situation when he takes over because you're four runs ahead, not three with nobody on. Well, I guess he came in the eighth, but either way, it's really too hard to be on this guy when he's been this dominant, but he's coming so close to disaster over and over again. Uh, yeah. And and that's not an attack against him, but it's just a, I'm at one of these times it's going to blow up. Yeah. I almost hope he gets it out of his system like now and then just returns to, you know, quick one, two, three innings in the conference tournament. But yeah, I, I see what you mean. I mean, he's not necessarily like giving up the runs, but the walks and hits per inning pitched are, are climbing. Right. And that usually means that runs are close behind it. Right. Yeah. Like when I'm watching a pitcher, uh, they start allowing a bunch of hard hit balls to the outfield. I start to get nervous because even if they're caught for outs, that's more luck than anything that they're going right to a guy rather than finding the open space. Kyle Krieger is allowing men on base, which is a bad thing to do as a pitcher, especially as a closer. 
Um, but whether it's luck or he's just able to focus in at the very end when maybe he needs that pressure to be as dominant as he can be. Elaine Burroughs was asked about it after the Sunday game. Like I said, I was listening to this on the radio, so I was able to hear the postgame interviews. Um, he said that Kyle Krieger's velocity has been good, but he didn't hit a single spot on his fastballs. So that's something that can be fixed. That's something he can work on. Uh, maybe that's still exhaustion, but I think I'd be more nervous if it was his velocity going down, allowing the batters to, to hit the ball more rather than him missing the zone or missing his spots, uh, whether he's walking guys or missing over the heart of the plate and allowing them to hit the ball. That feels more fixable than just being too tired to throw the ball very hard. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm not like concerned necessarily about Kyle Krieger, um, you know, especially compared with like some of the other pitching we've <laughs> we've talked about in this episode. But, you know, it's certainly something to keep your eyes out for. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can focus back in here now that we're in the month of May where things start to really matter. Maybe I am being too hard on him, but the, the amount that this team relies on him. I mean, he was called on for six outs what twice in this series. That's a lot. He's he is the guy that Lane Burroughs returned to. And if you're going to be the guy, you have to be perfect, which is probably more than you should ask of a college player. But that's what we're doing. So he has to be perfect. And hopefully he continues his close to perfection moving forward. Uh, because Tech's not really out of it, even when we talk about at-larges. Uh, first in conference, Tech is ranked second in the conference. They're tied with UTSA, but the Bulldogs hold the head-to-head over the Roadrunners. Uh, the top eight teams make the tournament. No first-round buys or anything. They're double elimination, uh, two brackets of double elimination that feed into a final. We just saw this last year uh, where Tech won their double elimination bracket after fa- losing one game, then beating Southern Miss twice to move on to the final yeah. against Old Dominion. Hell yeah, we did. I was there. Yeah, I've got, I've got to bring that up when I can. Uh, right now, Tech is the two seed, which is pretty big. Uh, I believe two or three seed uh, would get them into the side of the bracket opposite USM. Uh, Southern Miss looks to be very good this year. And if you can avoid playing them twice and only play them in a final game where you may have uh, luck more on your side, that would be huge. Don't have USM's RPI in front of me, but it's 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 up there right now. They are 11th in RPI right now. And before this past weekend, they were ranked as high as number four in some polls. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely want to avoid them as much as you can. But actually, I want to beat the shit out of them. So I don't care. Put us where I want to beat them in the final. I'd love I'd love to be the two seed. Yeah. To, you know, sort of maximize our potential <laughs> uh, there. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned at large births and in terms of that at large potential i mean i've seen some some talk about normally you need to be in the top like 45 ish to really get a look and tech's current rpi is number 41 um and this is as we're as we're watching the ulm uh tech game here in the bottom of the eighth so the unfortunate thing is that your rpi can go down even with wins against bad teams um, and there's really not a ton of help left on this schedule, is there, Nathan? Yeah, Charlotte, who we played a close of the year uh, on the road, by the way, is the best team Tech still has ahead of them. They have a number 79 RBI. Uh, it would be great to have another uh, series against Southern Miss heading into the tournament, but uh, that's not meant to be. So that 41 right now is about as high as it will probably get. Tech could win every game for the rest of the year and heading into the conference tournament, and they probably won't be 
much higher than they are now. I mean, I imagine they may move up some, but you lose one to FAU or you lose uh, tomorrow night to Northwestern, or I guess tonight when this comes out, then suddenly it's it's a much bigger deal. Uh, so really, I think at this point, what Tech needs to do, and I'm kind of speaking the obvious here, Tech needs to nearly win out, win the midweek games, uh, take two of three, at least from FAU, Western Kentucky, and Charlotte, probably sweep one of them as well, um, head into the tournament and get to the final game. And that's when you can start talking about in that large. And that's a lot of things to go right. Uh, but if Tech is able to do what they're able to do on the road at Old Dominion the second two nights, then, I mean, it's not impossible. It's not an impossible ask. But yeah. probably the best way, I mean, obviously the best way for Tech to make the tournament is to get the auto bid by winning the conference championship. For sure. For sure. And I think, you know, the conference tournament making a deep run in that would definitely help. I think you'd have to make the final probably. And, you know, because... UTSA has got a pretty good RPI. They're 44th uh, right now. I actually see on the one I'm looking at right now, Tech moved up to 40th, but um, a lot hinges, like you said, on these two midweek games against pretty low-ranking teams. And then FAU is currently at 110, I think. Uh, Yeah, 110. So not going to get much help there. Uh, A sweep probably moves us up a couple spots. I don't really understand how all that works, but... You know, it's really looking like do or die time. You can maybe lose one more game here, (laughs) maybe one or two and still be in the conversation. And I think at this point, you're not guaranteed, you know, you're not guaranteed in at large, even if we finish the season at number 40 where we are right now. So got to go win that conference tournament down in Hattiesburg. Yeah, I mean, if they're not going to give us the tournament, we might as well win it Uh, this week, though, before we get there, Tech has five games to play, one being played right now as we record against ULM, like we've mentioned a couple times already, uh, right now it's the bottom of the eighth. The Bulldogs have the bases loaded with one out, up by one run. Uh, so this may get exciting here in a moment. But tomorrow night, or tonight as this comes out, Tech will travel to Northwestern uh, to play in Natchitoches, returning the favor from uh, 420 when the Bulldogs beat the Demons 6-4. Uh, to four. Uh, But what else can you tell me about this Northwestern team, Evan? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Demons, we won't spend too much time on this, but they're they're 20 and 22 overall in the year. Again, pretty dismal number 223 in RPI. So Tech, even with a huge win, would probably go down a few spots in that RPI uh, playing them. Uh, is that a home run? Grand Slam! Hey. Let's go, George! Hell yeah! George Brown with the bases loaded hits the home run. Yeah, What? So that's what I could tell you about Northwestern. George Corona just hit a fucking grand slam against ULM. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Also, luckily, Tech may have the better home run hitters against the Demons. Uh, Jeffrey Eck- Elkins, I guess, is their best hitter. Uh, OPS of .904, uh, which is good, but not as great as some of the other Tech guys. Northwestern has some better starting pitchers than ULM does, who Tech is facing this year. This tonight. Wow. What Woo. is wrong with me today? My God, Nathan. Uh, Jonathan Harmon is their best. Uh, 2.93 ERA. Uh, probably a, a weak end kind of guy. Uh, drops off pretty dramatically after that. Drayton Brown, 3.38 ERA. Out of the bullpen, no real shutdown guys. Gus Collins gets the nod a lot. Uh, ERA of 3.18. That's their best. He's pitched 34 innings, which is a lot for a reliever. Um, so it's possible he has some starts in there too, but I imagine we'll see his name called uh, tonight, Wednesday night. But then after this game against Northwestern, Tech stays at home for a series against the Owls of Florida Atlantic, a team that 
we kind of expected a bit from this year, but what do they look like so far, Evan? Yeah, I mean, honestly, they've they've disappointed. Like I said, they're down at 110 in RPI, um, kind of looking to to make their way back to a regional this year at the start of the year. But uh, obviously, the, they will have to win that conference tournament to be in that discussion. Currently, they're only one game back from us in second place. You know, we're tied with UTSA at 14 and seven. They're 13 and eight. So they're looking to come into Ruston and gain some ground there. They're 28 and 17 overall. But against the quad one teams, they're only three and six this year. Um, Looking at their roster, you know, they're batting 288 as a team. So not great, but not terrible. Their best hitter looks to be a guy named Nolan Shanuel. Shan, Shan, Shanul? I don't know. Uh, And then Gabriel Rincones, which I feel like we just played somebody with uh, Rincones, didn't we? Uh, I don't know. But both of those guys batting <laughs> over uh, 376 for Shanuel and 339 for Rincon. So uh, pretty good from both of those guys and both of those guys in double digit home runs, uh, 16 for Rincon's, 12 for Shanuel. So uh, got to watch out for those guys. Those are big hitters. Nathan, what about the pitching on this team? Meanwhile, the FAU starting pitchers, Tyler Burnham is probably the guy to watch. I'll not emphasize his name as much. Tyler Burnham, uh, 3.03 ERA over 38 and two thirds innings pitched. That's a low ERA for a starting pitcher, but he does give up the long ball pretty often. Um, when he gives up a hit, 30% of the time it's a home run. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, long balls may be on the menu, uh, whichever game he starts. Hunter Cooley and Nicholas Del Prado are their other two most common starters, uh, both of them in ERAs north of four. Out of the bullpen, Robert. Ooh, how, how do I say this? Well, that's a picture your last name. Yeah, it, it, I mean, you're making fun of my stumble, but like it's W E G I E L N I K. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. He's like super German, and his name is Vigelnik. Vigelnik. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Vigelnik has an ERA <laughs> of two point. Robert Vigelnik. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Robert Vigelnik has an ERA of 2.74. You have to say it with an angry voice, too, I think, is the rule. Over 23 innings pitched. Really, what I'm seeing out of this bullpen is their ERAs are up there, but they don't allow a lot, they don't allow a lot of home runs. So Tech has been able to make some noise with a small ball, and I think that's what they'll have to do against FAU outside of Tyler Burnham, whichever game he starts. Yeah, for sure. I mean... This is a pretty big series, uh, pretty big week. It's looking like, you know, we've got three more outs here to get to beat ULM. So I don't want to assume anything here. We got Kyle Krieger on the mound, though. So it's as good as over, right? We got Northwestern tomorrow. We got FAU three-game series. What do you guys think is, is happening this week? Undefeated. Woo. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we need we need a, a week sweep. I think we'll get a week sweep. Um, after what happened in Old Dominion that Friday night and the team coming together, meeting, and then just dominating Saturday and Sunday, as long as Kyle Krieger is able to maintain what he's been able to do so far this year, whether or not he allows guys on, as long as it doesn't allow them to score, I feel pretty good about Tech beating Northwestern tomorrow or tonight, especially, and then FAU at home at the Love Shack. The team needs three wins, and I think they'll get them. All right, I'm going to go... I'm going to say we beat, uh, we close it out here against ULM, which we'll know by the end of the time we record, hopefully. <laughs> beat Northwestern, and then I'm going to say we lose the 
Saturday game at FIU, but uh, four and one on the week. I don't Still think we've lost week. a Saturday game yet. Ooh, in have, conference. That's you know, that's actually. I think you're right. Uh, so never mind. I'm gonna say we lose the Friday game. Yeah, let's see. So TBD is gonna gonna rack up another win on Sunday. Double check. Yeah, I said in conference. Tech hasn't lost a Saturday game all year. Wow. The <laughs> wow. And and granted, when the Tulane games got postponed from a Saturday to a Sunday. For a doubleheader, Tech lost yeah. both of the doubleheader games. Yeah. Um, but there are seven inning games, and seven inning games don't count in my book. So yeah, uh, I, I I don't think that this will be the weekend to break that streak. Fair. Uh, I'll, I'll change my answer to Friday, but still four and one on the week. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's not the only sport going on right now. Softball, uh, they're running down their series. They're running yep. down their season, uh, but they still have some games left to play. But how this week, this past week go, Evan? Well, the Texters went up to Murfreesboro, my old stomping grounds, uh, to take on the Lady Raiders of MTSU. And going in, you know, it looked like a pretty evenly matched series. I think MTSU and Tech right around the same Massey rating going in. Friday night, though, Tech came in and started off hot, scoring two in the top of the first. Then Sierra Sacco singled in Kylie Neal in the second to take a three to one lead in the fourth. Kylie Neal, there's that name again, and uh, tripled, and then Amanda Gonzalez doubled. Both of those hits added two more runs, making it a five to one score, and that was your final on Friday night. Um, Saturday, Kylie Neal, uh, there it is again, opened the scoring in the second with an RBI single, and then she later scored on a single from Amanda Gonzalez. The Texters added a couple more runs in the third and fourth. Then Gonzalez tripled to center and scored on a throwing error. So, you know, the little in-the-park home run that doesn't technically count as a home run. But uh, a sack fly later, and Tech is up 6-2, to two, which is your final on Saturday. So another series win for the Texters, who I don't think have lost a series in conference since their first conference series back in March. Uh, yeah. Going for the sweep on Sunday. Nathan, what happened there on Sunday? Yeah, heating up at the right time in the year. On Sunday, the Texters scored in the first, second, and third, and two in the sixth on their way to a 6-3 to three win, which means a sweep of the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee. Yeah, um, and this series, I mean, obviously, anytime you sweep someone on the road but is, is great, but... You know, you're outscoring a good team 17 to six on their home field. Uh, getting hot at the right time is kind of an understatement. I think they're they're on fire right now. Um, well, other than earlier tonight when they lost, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this series, though, I mean, the series stats on this weekend start out with our favorite hitter, Sierra Sacco who kind of had a down weekend for her only going four of 12. So only three thirty three from the plate, you know, lame. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Maddie green and Amanda Gonzalez both notched OPSs of over 1.5, but compared to, uh, Kylie Neal, who might, uh, you know, you may remember, I mentioned like six times in the game. (laughs) Uh, those numbers are pretty pedestrian. Uh, the sophomore 2020 ULL transfer batted 857. That's six for seven with an OPS of 2.614. <laughs> remind Yikes. Me what, wow. Remind me what OPS is again, Nathan. On base plus slugging. So uh, slugging so. is is basically batting average with 
like it accounts for how far you get right so a, a double run matters worth more two. yeah yeah so 2.614 is is really freaking high right yeah <laughs> like uh, yeah <laughs> have we seen a number that high i mean uh, uh, like what's the highest possible ops would it be like on base it would be a five five <laughs> if, you, if you hit a home run every time you went to the plate yeah so 2.614 is over half of that yeah maximum so a home run possible. every other time <laughs> yeah. <went> the plate. <laughs> yeah uh yeah she had two doubles two triples you know i think she walked a couple times too so six for seven from the plate but had a couple walks and a hit by pitch they only got her out one time she was at the plate in three games that's amazing yeah uh, and, and because of that, she was named the Conference USA Hitter of the Week because uh, yeah. uh, uh, Audrey Pickett was also named the Conference USA Pitcher of the Week after going 2-0 with a 1.5 ERA, allowed 10 hits and no walks and fit 14 innings of work. Yeah. Uh, so coming up this week, the final week of conference play, uh, Tech is up to number 87 in Massey, 35 and 17 overall. Uh, 15 and six right now and number one in conference USA. Um, and there's one weekend left, like I said, before that conference tournament in Denton. Unfortunately, Tech was playing at ULM tonight and they they gave up a run in the bottom of the seventh to let ULM tie it and then lost in the bottom of the eighth on, uh, I believe, a sacrifice bunt. So not not a great look to lose to ULM in any sport ever, but except for uh, water skiing or whatever. But um uh, there's a huge series this weekend coming up with number 99 Southern Miss, and it's at home. If you're in Ruston, can get to Ruston. Uh, highly recommend you go check out the Texters. This is a big one, you know, to determine who's gonna be that that number one seed in the conference tournament. Yeah, I I realize I'm saying this as none of us are actually actually going to go to this game, uh, but if you're in town, uh, go check out that new Dr. Billy Bundrick Field and watch the texters in a very meaningful series against a hated conference foe while they're still a hated conference foe in Southern Miss. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm really hoping to make it out. I think I will make it out to some of the conference games um, next weekend in Denton, but um, I haven't made it to Billy Bundrick field during a game yet. Excuse and, me, Dr. Billy Bundrick oh, field. I, apo- I apologize, Dr. I, you know, how could I forget the honorific? Yeah, but hopefully next year I'll I'll get to make it out uh, to a game. I was really hoping they'd still be playing when I'm there in a couple weeks for my brother's graduation, but um, they're not because the conference tournament is this upcoming weekend. Yeah, softball gets done early, I guess. Another confusing thing about softball that we'll never quite understand. Yep. But yeah, one last thing to do here, and that's the tweet of the week. Evan, what's this week's tweet of the week? Well, yeah, I decided to give it uh, to give a, a shout out to our baseball parent family uh, here. Uh, Terry Netterville tweeted, quote tweeted uh, your picture from the uh, ODU ballpark and said, you guys are the best. We all absolutely loved hanging out with you all today. You're now officially part of our junkyard family and we'll always have a place for you all with us no matter where we play. Thanks for loving and supporting our boys so much. We love you. So no matter what we say, you know, if we get critical, <laughs> uh, we, we have this tweet to fall back on. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog and also contest center where the baseball contest is still going on. And it's getting kind of interesting here down late. I thought La Tech oh. Report was about to run away with it. 
Uh, but was it two points behind right now? Uh, we have four people in tied for second place. Uh, one point behind. I was wrong, including uh, Evan right here. And also, Yeet. go herd, please don't die. So uh, you should do the contest, if only so that a visiting a fan of a different team doesn't win the contest. That's never happened before. Eight points last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How ten is, that is the most. Uh, they got four answers right, and then also the bonus that allows you to double it. Wow. Um, and you can fill out that contest. Uh, I guess it's a little late this week now because Tech has already played off against ULM. Uh, but to go ahead and do it for next week, it's gtpdd.dog slash contest. While you're there, you can buy the shirt of the month. Uh, it's May now, so we have a May shirt of the month. Uh, really kind of going all in on baseball shirts uh, this season uh, for a pump it up theme shirt. But instead of being about the song, I guess it's about balloons and pumping up the balloons. I promise it's better than the way I'm describing it. It's a joke. You should buy it. Uh, go ahead and get it. Uh, but yeah, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. One other thing. I get bored at work sometimes, and I wanted to run an idea past you guys. Uh, if I got insanely rich, is the following embellishment too ridiculous? I have an elevator that takes me to my tech-themed man cave, and inside said elevator, which, by the way, on the outside of the elevator is the state team's blue. Of course. On the inside of the elevator, there's blue carpet with the JOIA field on the carpet for the, for the uh, elevator. Of course. And inside the elevator is a full projection all the way around all four walls on loop of tech beating Alabama just over and over again. I, I haven't it. heard a problem yet. I, mean, yeah, I think if you want to be more faithful though, I think it would be us losing conference championship games. <laughs> I don't want to get into an elevator that <laughs> it'll, it'll encourage you to take the stairs. Yeah. It's, then, a, it's an exercise plan. <laughs> Weight watchers hates this one quick trick. <laughs>